Shalom and welcome to The Jewish Mind, where the growth of modernity meets the timeless wisdom and solutions of Judaism. Have faith is what people tell us. Doctors today understand the importance of faith from a medical point of view. The mindset of the patient and whether they have faith in a compassionate higher power who is protecting them and will see them through their recovery or whether they do not have faith is crucial to their percentages of healing from a medical point of view. Faith, we today know, literally rewires the neural pathways in the mind, creating different chemicals and unleashes greater powers of our body cells. Faith empowers us and emboldens us in making financial decisions, being better and higher selves in relationships. Faith also diminishes the primary offender of self-realization, self-actualization and success in our lives, which is self-doubt. All this is brought about through faith. All too often we hear ourselves thinking, I wish I had his or her faith. I just don't, regardless of how hard I try. Ultimately, it seems that this isn't even a religious matter, but more of a spiritual matter, meaning that there are masses of observant people who are following the instructions of their upbringing but lack tangible faith in a loving and compassionate higher power. Maybe better said as, they have faith that such a higher power exists for others. However, they lack in faith and trust that the same higher power is unconditionally loving and compassionate to them and would be there compassionately and lovingly for them in their difficult times or at any times at all. On the other hand, there are non-observant people, not by rebellion, but simply non-observant, who have a most amazing, powerful, intangible faith in God, and this faith imbues their lives with optimism, love, sense of security, to the point where observing them, one says that they are living a most magical life of wonders. Is this faith, or the lack thereof, hardwired into our brains? And either we truly have it, or we spend our lives faking it? Or can we acquire this faith? And if so, how? In this lecture, based on a mimer of the Rebbe in 1978 on Judah being the fourth son of Jacob, we will find where and how to acquire this faith. In this week's Torah portion, we read how Jacob, before his passing, blesses his, son, his sons. Judah's blessing begins with, Judah, as for you, your brothers will acknowledge you. The fact that Judah's blessing begins with the acknowledgement of his brothers teaches us on a mystical level that Judah's blessings depend upon his brothers, primarily so on his older brothers, Reuven, Shimon, and Levi, who Jacob just finished speaking to. Why so? The Talmud asks, Why is it that in the Megillah, the book of Esther, we refer to Mordechai as Yehudi, when Mordechai was a descendant from the tribe of Benjamin and not from the tribe of Judah? The Talmud answers, and I quote, Yet he was called a Yehudi because he rejected idolatry, and anyone who rejects idolatry is called a Yehudi. End quote. And I might add that self-reliance is a form of idolatry as well. Thus we now see that Judah means having faith in one God, and that this depends upon Judah as for you, your brothers will acknowledge you. In other words, faith, our inner Judah, depends upon us first working our inner Ruvain, Shimon, and Levi. And now for the list of the mystical concepts we need to explore in order to understand this lecture. A. Faith, where can I find you? B. Ruvain, seeing God. C. Shimon, hearing God. 
D. Levi bonding with God. E. Receiving Judah's blessings. F. Judah's blessings in exile. Vayechi. And let the amazement of Hasidus begin. The first challenge we have with acquiring faith is to know where to shop for it. Most of us are shopping for faith at the wrong market. Faith is not found anywhere but within us, whether we feel the faith or not. To find faith through any course, religious or not, is to shop for faith at the wrong place, and thus not to acquire it at all. Let us define what faith ultimately is. Faith is nothing more than our soul's relationship with God, period. Our souls are a piece of God, and thus faith is the expression of the essence of our soul in her connection with God, the connection between the spark and its mother flame. However, when the soul descends from being a, I quote, truly a piece of God above, it goes through the transformation of, I quote, a piece of creator becomes a creation. In this transformation, and then in the descent and concealments upon the godly soul, as she enters into the physical world and becomes one with the animalistic soul and the body that she enters, she separates from her original state of consciousness and becomes but a subconscious reality, hidden from our conscious. Thus the Zohar refers to Moses as Raya Mehemna, which means simply that Moses was a faithful shepherd. However, on a mystical level, this title does not only describe the level of Moses' performance, that he was faithful to his job, rather it, the title, Faithful Shepherd, Raya Mehemna, is also a job description for Moses, that the ultimate job of Moses was to shepherd his flock, which means to feed his flock, faith, so that his flock have, digest, and internalize within themselves faith in God. The question, however, is that if every single one of us have faith within us, in the essence of our soul, then why do we need to have faith fed to us by Moses and the embodiment of Moses within every generation? The job of Moses is to connect the essence Yechida, as she is within our body, a creation, with its original source, a spark of creator. And to have us face to face with the essence Yechida of our soul to bring forth our ultimate subconscious with our conscious. How is this done? In a procedural manner, step by step. Yes, there is the ultimate break glass and push button in case of emergency in which our situation pushes us into our potency of self-sacrifice for our God, our people, and our Torah, through which millions of Jews have sacrificed themselves throughout our painful history. However, how does Moses bring us face to face with our faith in peaceful and good times, even before we are taken by Mashiach out of exile? The answer to this is what Jacob was saying, that our inner Judah, faith, depends upon us first going through Ruvain, Shimon, and Levi. <coughs> Excuse me. Let us begin with Ruvain. When Reuven was born, his mother Leah said, concerning which name she would give him, and I quote the verse in Genesis, Because God has seen my affliction, for now my husband will love me. The word Reuven comes from the word Re'e, which means see. What does this mean concerning our inner Reuven in our service and relationship with God? 
In the world of Kabbalah and Hasidus, seeing refers to the highest level of intellect in which we not only understand, but completely perceive to the point of seeing the reality of God in our lives. This refers primarily to our contemplating, concentrating, and perceiving the divine providence in our lives. It has been said, coincidence is God's way of remaining anonymous. The point being that our inner Ruvain is what makes sure that there are no coincidences in our life and that God never remains anonymous in our lives. Our inner Ruvain makes sure that we are not agnostic. An atheist is one who doesn't believe that there is a God. The word agnostic means without knowledge, agnostic, meaning that the agnostic just doesn't know if there is a God or not. The antithesis of agnostic is to know to the point where we truly see God in our lives. And we experience this through consistently contemplating the continuous hashkacha pratit, divine providence in our lives. This in turn brings about our feeling of love to God. This is the mystical meaning behind the second half of Leah's words. For now my husband will love me. Within our daily morning prayer, Ruven refers to the first portion of the Shema in which the focus is, and I quote, and you shall love God your God. In the more general and fundamental forms of serving God, we define the first three sons of Jacob as the three pillars upon which the world stands, Torah, service slash prayer, and acts of kindness. Reuven, love, is the pillar of acts of kindness which is the service of grace drawing down below from God above through our showering unearned kindness upon those in need. We now move on to the second son of Jacob, Shimon. Concerning the name of Shimon, Leah said, and again I quote the verse in Genesis, Since God has heard that I am hated, he gave me this one too. End quote. The word Shimon is from the word Shema, which means hear. It is said that there is no comparison in between seeing and hearing, which means that seeing is a deep truth and internalization of the fact, while hearing is a more distant truth. Yes, we are speaking of someone who learns, concentrates, and contemplates upon God, God's greatness, and the relationship that God has with him or her. However, his understanding is only of that of one who hears what he is studying, which denotes a distance between him and his mind and between God, God's greatness, and God's relationship with him in his daily life. In general, this form of concentration and contemplation upon God is focusing on the abstract omnipotence and infinitism of God, of which we cannot truly wrap our minds around, nor to digest and internalize within ourselves in a concrete way. The this distant abstract form of understanding is represented in the second paragraph of the Shema, in which we are warned, and I quote, And it will be if you hear, hearken to my commandments. And then the verse goes on to say, Beware lest your heart lead you astray, end quote. This form of concentration upon God leads us to the feeling of fear of God in a healthy way. In the more general and fundamental forms of serving God, we define Shimon as the pillar of service, prayer, which is a relationship and service of arousing and elevating the below, ourselves, upward to God, praying from our heart, here below, to God above. 
In reference to the name of her third son, Leah said, Now this time my husband will be attached to me. Leah took the name Levi from her wording of Yelove, will be attached. In prayer, immediately after reciting the entire Shema, we say, Emet v'yatsiv, genuine and established, and it goes on to say, is this statement. The interpretation of this statement is that it refers to the words of Torah. Thus, of the three pillars, Levi is the pillar of Torah study through which we bond with God. In last week's class, I explained this through the teachings of chapter 4 and 5 of Tanya, in which it is explained that concerning commandment observances, we are hugged by God, meaning encompassed by God's will. However, we do not internalize this hug in the sense that the hand that gives charity, for example, does not physically change through giving charity. However, in Torah study, not only are we hugged and encompassed by God, rather we are also internalizing the wisdom of God, hugging God, as our minds internalize, grasp, and truly understand the Torah that we are understanding. This physically affects our brain, as every thought fires off neural connections in the brain. And scientific studies have shown the different amount, amounts of creases in the brain through thinking and the different weight of brains through different mass amounts of knowledge. On a more simple and practical level, our mindset and view on life changes as we study Torah. Thus, the greatest bond with God is through Torah study. The Zohar states it as, and I quote the Zohar, Through Torah study, Yisrael, the Jew, and the Holy One, blessed be He, are, they become, all one, end quote. Thus, our inner Ruvain is loving God, first portion of Shema, and doing acts of kindness. Our inner Shimon is fearing God, second portion of Shema, and praying. And Levi is bonding with God, the portion of Emet V'yatsiv and Torah study. Now, through these three services, we bring forth our inner Judah, let us then see who our inner Judah is. Concerning the naming of Judah, Leah said, and I quote the verse again in Genesis, This time I will thank God. In our service to God, this is absolute humility before God. And in prayer, this is the Shemona Esra prayer, also known as the Amida, because it is prayed standing, Amida, and must be said silently in a fashion that others cannot hear you. Mystically speaking, this is the prayer of total humility and transparency to God as we stand in the world of Atzilut, the realm of absolute divinity. Well, there are only three pillars, Torah, service, which is prayer, and acts of kindness. So which is the general and fundamental service of Judah? To understand this, we will return to another teaching of ethics of our fathers, it says, There are three crowns, the crown of Torah, the crown of priesthood, and the crown of sovereignty. But the crown of good name surmounts them all. Hmm. The teaching begins with saying that there are only three crowns, right? Torah, priesthood, and sovereignty. But ends up with a fourth crown, being the crown of the good name. The answer is that there are three crowns, and only upon them, the literal Hebrew words for surmount in this teaching is al-gabehem, upon them, does one enter into a crown of total humility? In other words, the Rebbe explains in one of his talks that in itself a good name is not a crown. It is only upon the first three crowns that a good name becomes an exalted status of royalty and a crown. So too, it is only upon the three pillars of Torah, 
prayer, and acts of kindness, that absolute humility becomes an exalted and fundamental service to God. The reason behind this in our lecture is precisely that which we began with. We explained from the Talmud and Megillah that Judah means faith in one God. And we explained that every single person, because his soul being truly a piece of God above, every person has faith in God. However, this faith is hidden in the subconscious, detached from our practical conscious. Thus, in itself, without the first three sons of Jacob, the three pillars upon which the soul, person, microscopic world stands, faith is not a fundamental service of God, as it is unreachable within the hidden subconscious. It is specifically through the service of Torah study, prayer, and acts of kindness, through the study, concentration, contemplation of divine providence, the omnipotence of God, and the supernal wisdom of will of God within the Torah, and it is through working our emotions of loving God, fearing God, and bonding with God, that we bring forth to our conscience and reveal the rock-sturdy faith in God that is the very substance of the essence of our souls. This is how Moses brings us face to face with the essence of our soul, feeding us through his teachings and through his example of love, faith, and fear in God. This is how Moses feeds us, meaning to internalize for us our essence faith in God, making it practical and real to our conscious mind and heart. One more point before closing this lecture is the continuance of the verse that Jacob blessed Jehuda with. Your hand will be at the nape of your enemies. The mere mention of your enemies means that we are speaking of times before Mashiach comes and there still remains enemies within our inner exile and the global exile. And nevertheless, Jacob prophesizes that even in exile, before Mashiach comes, that your hand will be at the nape of your enemies, meaning that our faith will bring us victory upon our enemies, whether they be our inner enemies of doubts and challenges, or our outer enemies of financial, health, or family struggles. This also obviously refers to our nation's enemies. Judah, tangible, concrete, and conscious faith, will have our hands on all their napes and bring peace and prosperity to each and every one of us. This is also the theme of this week's Torah portion, which begins with Vayechi Yaakov and Jacob lived in the land of Egypt. Our sages explained the word Vayechi and he lived, that Jacob lived his best years in Egypt. How can this be? Jacob's best years were in exile in Egypt and not in the Holy Land? The answer is that already last week the Torah taught us that before Jacob went to Egypt, and I quote the verse, he sent Judah ahead of him to Joseph to direct him to Goshen. Because Jacob had Judah establish, reveal, concrete and tangible faith, thus even in exile we can experience the best years with your hand will be at the nape of your enemies. In closing, First and foremost, stop wishing that you can have faith because you already have faith. What is needed is to reveal the faith that we already have within us. For this, wishing does not accomplish anything. There is a, st a three-step process of reuven, seeing the divine providence in our lives, acts of kindness. Shimon, hearing the omnipotence and infinitism of God, prayer. And Levi, bonding with God, Torah study. This will reveal our core essence faith to our conscious mind and heart, and this will bring us victory over our eternal and external enemies. 
Friends, modernity offers growth, and growth comes with challenges. Judaism offers timeless divine solutions. Here, at the platform of the Jewish mind, is where modernity meets Judaism.